Are drug elimination and drug excretion the same terms? What do you think? What do you say? What are the different attributes and of course what is the definition of the first pass of this pre-systemic metabolism? All this and much more gonna make you nonplussed so stay tuned because all the details will be covered up in today's episode. Welcome all to Is Pharmacology Difficult podcast. I'm your host Dr. Radhika Vijay, MBBS MD Pharmacology and this is the audio hub to get the best simplified basic tips, strategies, methods and lots of ideas to learn better, understand better and make your concepts crystal clear. If you rarely find and if there's a question hovering in your minds is pharmacology difficult? Lend me your ears for a while and let in the magic of knowledge. Firstly, few quick words about the first pass or the pre-systemic metabolism. Definition? Well, we can define it as the metabolism of drug as it crosses the absorption site to enter the systemic circulation. How to surpass it? Well, give the drug via the sublingual, transdermal and preferably intravenous route. What are the notable points in this particular context? Hepatic extraction ratio, which is denoted by capital ER liver. It is defined as the fraction of absorbed drug prevented or protected by the liver from assimilating into the systemic circulation. It can be determined by pre-systemic metabolism and direct excretion into the bile. Do we have a formula for this hepatic extraction ratio? Well, yes. Just write it down. Capital ER is equal to capital CL liver, that is the clearance of the liver, upon the hepatic blood flow. So the numerator is the clearance of the liver and the denominator is the hepatic blood flow. And from this, you can derive another equation for bioavailability. That is, I'm talking about the systemic bioavailability here. Capital F, which denotes the systemic bioavailability, is equal to fractional absorption into I minus the extraction ratio of the liver. Now, we have again some important and interesting summary points about the drugs that undergo the high first pass metabolism. So just keep in mind and in case you're really interested, note them down. When the drugs possess high first pass metabolism, you have to keep their oral dose amount much higher than the corresponding sublingual or the intravenous dose. Secondly, patients with liver pathology, they have high oral bioavailability. Okay. Then third point, variations in the first pass metabolism, they account for the individual variations in the oral dose. Now the fourth point, if two drugs, they are given together and they compete for the first pass metabolism, then the oral bioavailability of the object drug gonna increase many, many times. Okay, officially let's begin the drug elimination kinetics. All your queries to find out how the drugs are eliminated will be covered in today's plus upcoming few of the episodes. So just my advice is to stay tuned. 
Now, our body has a unique phenomena of eliminating drugs once they are partially or completely converted to water-soluble metabolites. And few many a times, this can be done without metabolism. Yes. Elimination refers to the combination of metabolism and excretion. The major routes for drug excretion, they are renal. You know that renal is very important. That's the primary route for the drug elimination or the drug excretion. And apart from renal, we have biliary, fecal, alveolar, then many minor routes such as skin, sweat, saliva, milk, hair, etc. Today, I'll be chatting about the tits and bits of the biliary excretion and the unavoidable related talks about the enterohepatic circulation. Liver has unique transport mechanism for a variety of drugs, many endogenous substances, especially B. Now, drugs accountable to talk about for this particular route of excretion, they are colchicine, corticosteroids, quinine, etc. Later, they are excreted by the feces, but that's no rule. Few drugs delivered to the intestine by the bile, they are reabsorbed back. And the cycle repeats. A sort of a vicious circle or a vicious cycle? Now, this process is denoted by the celebrated term enterohepatic circulation. No sense occurs of this particular description without any example. So, now you're gonna have it. The example for this particular enterohepatic circulation is digitoxin. Now, digitoxin partially converts to digoxin and then this is excreted by the bile and also reabsorbed back from the intestine. Yes, it undergoes the enterohepatic circulation. And digitoxin shares a similar fate with many other drugs like indomethacine, vitamin D3, etc. But it is medical science. The case is always not the same. There are exceptions and let's talk about them because they are quite important. Now, few drugs after being excreted into the intestine, they are not reabsorbed. Yes, they are not. They are not following this rule. Rather, they are deconjugated, hydrolyzed and all in all, the gut enzymes, they work up very hard to release the parent drug. And this may happen the free drug is released, it gets reabsorbed, it undergoes enterohepatic circulation after it is released from the conjugated drug. Now, these special drugs that are going through this route, they are chloramphenicol, morphine, thyroxine, tetracycline, etc. But then there's another unique set of information centering around the morphine drug. Let's talk about that also. Morphine shouldn't be allowed to undergo the enterohepatic cycling and it should rather be removed by the gastric lavage. So all in all, I would just summarize that enterohepatic circulation is nothing but a bile salt system. The salts are formed in the liver. The conservation cycle all round the liver, intestine and the portal blood occurs around 8 times a day in the human beings. If the glucuronides are too polar, I mean too polar to be reabsorbed, 
They stay in the gut, they get hydrolyzed to release the parent drug and that is again reabsorbed and reconjugated. Now as far as morphine is concerned, I just want to say better to prevent than to heal. Mia wa prevenir kegerer. Now what do you infer out of so much of data conveyed to you and so many examples, exceptions narrated to you? No guesses I want, let me do the revelation here. The cause or the essence of enterohepatic circulation is to serve as a sort of circulating drug reservoir and prolong the duration of action of the drug. In other words, it helps to sustain the plasma concentration and the effect of drugs like Sulin DAC, ethanol estradiol, a component of oral contraception and also pentaerythritol tetranitrate. That's so amazing, right? Okay, tell me, what's the difference between a method and a device? No, it's not connected. A simple scientific mathematical question I'm putting up to you and I will give you the answer. But if you have a better one, do let me know. A method is nothing but a device which you have used twice. Well, that's a mathematical approach to solve so many day-to-day -day dilemmas. And with this funny piece of wisdom, let me add one more piece of wisdom. A famous French proverb goes like, Petit à petit l'oiseau fait son nid. Little by little, the bird makes it nest. Well, I hope you understood that. No more explanation for this one. Until the next time, à la prochaine. For all the updates and latest episodes of my podcast, please visit www.spharmacologydifficult.com where you can also sign up for a free monthly e-newsletter of mine. It actually contains a lot of updates about medical sciences, drug information and my podcast updates also. You can follow me on different social media handles like Twitter, Insta, Facebook and LinkedIn. They all are with the same name, Is Pharmacology Difficult. If you are listening for the first time, do follow me here, whatever platform you are consuming this episode. And do consider subscribing too. Stay tuned. Do rate and review on iTunes, Apple Podcast. Stay safe, stay happy, stay enlightened. Thank you.